Hey everybody, it's Terry and Renee. We're in Charlotte, North Carolina at one of our favorite churches, Victory Christian Center with Pastor Robin and Marlon Gould. But I wanted to let you know that for the next two weeks on our programs, on our YouTube programs, uh, we're inserting uh, the ministry I did at Nancy Dufresne's camp meeting a couple weeks back. It was a really good meeting. Everybody enjoyed it. Uh, it lasted two hours, so we're breaking it into two sections. We have mercy on you. Yes. So y'all watch YouTube, Terry Myers Thursdays, uh, Terry Myers Ministries on everything. Thank you. God bless you. You're more than Amen. So all of heaven is watching the earth all the time, looking for a man or a woman that's going to use the Word of God, that's going to speak the Word of God, that's going to move on the Word of God. And when they do, heaven moves. They've left these up here. I guess I'm supposed to say something about them. Spiritual authority, which, again, I, I never get through with. There's 11 CDs in there, and it'll, it, it's, that's kind of my bread and butter around the world. Uh, if you're more of a video person, this is video. That's audio. This is video. That's five hours of teaching on there. Uh, this is our newest thing, Legacy Volume 1. These are just four sermons here that are not really sermons or lifestyles that God gave me somewhere around the world, some foreign country somewhere where there was a crisis, and God gave me a word to change history or change the nation, and, uh, and, and it's, it's done it, and those will bless you. Since it's Legacy Volume 1, I'm assuming, and Renee did this, I'm assuming there's going to be a Volume 2 or 3 or something, but... And one of my one of my one of my favorites is Faith Anchor. I was preaching in the church in, in Florida years ago that that uh, a partner church of ours. Usually in, in America, I just I, I give our partner church this first option for me to come preach since I'm I'm there every year. And uh, I was there one one year and, and a few years ago, and, and I, I said, "Now, Pastor, my secretary told me you want me to minister on spiritual authority this week." And he said, "Yeah, I do. That'd be great." And I said, "Okay, great." Then he came to me about an hour or so later, and he said, "Terry." Never mind that. He said, what I'd really like you to do is just, just preach what you want to preach. Just preach what the Holy Ghost tells you. I said, that's a novel idea. Because <laughs> usually I'm told what to preach and what they want me to do, you know. And, uh, and that's okay. Uh, I said, seriously, really? I can do what I want to? I, I can really do what, what, what the Holy Ghost wants to do and I want to do? And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, do it. And I said, then I'm preaching on faith. If I got my druthers, I'm preaching on faith. I'm going to dance with the one that brought me. I, I, know, I know faith. I know how to do that. And so, so I came in and started preaching uh, on, on faith. Um, and I think Basics of Faith is, is the album out there that, that's got that on it. But anyway, and uh, the whole time I'm preaching this, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, this is really good. I wish I could take notes. Man, I didn't know I knew this. Because see, preachers, when you, when you preach on something, the Holy Ghost... Yeah. will preach yeah. and tell you stuff you didn't know you knew. Yeah. Anyway, those will bless you. They'll help you. And then again, remember that we do have our, our YouTube program. In fact, if y'all go to YouTube, it's free. And just click on there, subscribe. It would help us. It doesn't cost you anything. And if you don't know how to do that, get a grandchild to help you. Uh, <laughs> and um, and it's, it's, uh, it, it's free. 
and 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 when you do that, it makes it's it really it doesn't doesn't mean much to me, but but it it it, it impresses YouTube. They think we're important, you know. I know we're important, but they they kind of watch that. And then there's a picture of a bell there, an icon of a bell. You click on that, they get all excited. So anyway, that's uh, if y'all if y'all do that, that'd be great. And then uh, Jackie and I years ago started, and Renee and I are still still doing it. We started a, a, a foundation for humanitarian aid called JMICF, Jackie Mize International Children's Foundation. And so we have orphans and widows and disasters, disaster relief and hurricanes and tsunamis and stuff like that. Just because I'd gone to so many disasters over the years trying to get into a country to help them at, during a disaster, and they'd say, well, who are you? And I'd say, well, I'm Terry Mize. I'm a minister. Oh, no, we don't need any ministers. You know, we're... We're digging people out. I, said, I know I came to help you dig people out. And they said, no, thank you. So we started a humanitarian aid deal. And, so, and I printed up little cards and said, I'm the, I'm the CEO of a humanitarian aid. And I, and I got money. So, you know, they, they like that. They said, well, come on in then, you know. So, and then every year we do a big push for Christmas just to send to orphans. And so this is out there on the table if you'd like to pick one up. It, it's not a fundraiser. Not one thing in here says, please give us any money. No, no. It's just a report of what we did this last Christmas. And uh, we gave to over 40 orphanages in, in 26 nations and uh, paid for widows and roofed some houses for widows and dug water wells around the world and bought some vans for orphanages. And, and then since Ukraine started, we, we bought a van for missionary there to, to bring people out and bring supplies in at $5,000 a pop. And so we, anyway, we're involved in a lot of that stuff. And so that, that's back there. But let's get into something here. Uh, I... Uh, I, I, I rode that other horse so long, I might all just keep riding it, but uh, maybe I can mix it with a couple of things here. Uh, I was in South Africa numbers of years ago, and I was preaching for a, for a, a, a friend of mine, a guy I'd known for a long time, and uh, he's part of a big organization in South Africa that at one time was Word of Faith. And so I, I thought it still was. <laughs> And uh, I had preached at the Bible school way back in the early 80s, and along with every, you know, every other, you know, Brother Copeland and Jerry and everybody else had preached there. And, uh, uh, but somehow during the, over the years, the, the, the head of that organization had a head button or falling out with Brother Hagen, and so they just said, we're not word of faith anymore, which I don't even understand. But I didn't know that at the time. And so I got up and preached a good faith message in this church. And uh, talked about raising the dead and, and gave some taught on faith and told some missionary stories, and, which they wanted me to tell. And uh, when, I, when church was over, we went out to, to, to lunch with the pastor. And he said, he made this statement to me. He's dead now. He's in heaven now. But he made this statement to me. He said, Terry, that was such a wonderful, wonderful service, wonderful anointing, good miracles. He said, it's, he has ducked his head. He said, it's been a long, long time since anybody has stood in my pulpit and preached something like that. And I said, what do you mean something like that? Yeah. He said, well, you know, it's just been a long time since anybody told me that my faith would have something to do with my outcome. Yeah. I want to talk to you just a minute about a famous old preacher, a real hero of mine. He's in heaven today. He's been been gone for quite a while, but his name was Oswald J. Smith. 
He loved missions and wanted to be a missionary. That's all the man ever wanted to do is be a missionary, but he couldn't do it. He tried. He went overseas over and over again. And uh, finally, he, God got it across to him to pastor a church in Canada and quit and do missions, but quit trying to go overseas and be a missionary. And so uh, there was a church in Toronto that needed a pastor. When he got there, they said, now, look, we're deep in debt. And we want you to preach Sunday morning, and we want you to preach Sunday night. We want you to mention the debt, talk about the debt, and raise an offering to, to deal with the debt. And so he got up Sunday morning and preached, and he preached on missions to everybody's surprise, and never one time mentioned the debt. They said, why don't you stay over and preach next Sunday? Now listen, we're deep in debt. We want you to take up an offering. We want you to get this debt taken care of. And so he preached Sunday morning on missions, never mentioned the debt. Called an afternoon meeting for 2.30, preached on missions, and never mentioned the debt. Preached Sunday night on missions, never mentioned the debt. For some crazy reason, the board decided to hire him as their pastor. And so he preached for a solid year, never one time mentioned the debt, preached on missions every time. But because they gave to missions and believed in missions, God paid their debt off. So at the end of the year, he got his report from his, his bookkeeper, his CPA, and the bookkeeper said, you gave seven times more to missions than you spent here at home. And I want to read you something that he said that I've lived by and I've preached around the world. He said, number one, if I refuse to give anything to missions this year, I practically cast a ballot in favor of the recall of every missionary from the field. Number two, if I give less than I've given before, then I favor a reduction in the forces of missionaries proportionate to my reduced contributions. Number three, if I give the same as I've always given, every year give it the same, then I favor holding the ground already won, but I oppose any forward movement. My song is hold the fort, forgetting that the Lord never intended his army to take refuge in a fort. All his soldiers are commanded to go. And number four, he said, if I increase my offering beyond former years, then I favor an advance an advanced movement in the conquest of new territory for Christ. And you know, I took that to heart when I was a missionary and all these years I've been in the ministry. I mean, all these years uh, at the beginning of every year, I tell the Lord, I'm going to give more this year than I gave last year. I'm going to give more this year than I gave last year. And we've been able to do that now for over half a century. And God has blessed it and blessed it and blessed it. It's proven. And uh, I invite you to get involved in giving to missions as well. And if you'd consider, prayerfully consider, partnering with Renee and I, partnering with Terry Mize Ministries as we go around the world, then I promise you this, I will pray for you, Renee will pray for you, our staff will pray for you every day, every day, every day. And according to God's Word, He will bless you and minister to you and keep His Word to you. I believe you'll find missions giving is going to be your greatest asset and your greatest return on your giving that you've ever had in your life. God bless you. We love you. You're more than conquerors. It's just been a long time since anybody told me that my faith would have something to do with my outcome. I said, what? What? I said, my first question is, why not? You're the pastor. <laughs> it's your pulpit. He said, yeah, but I don't have liberty. I'm, I'm part of the organization. I'm told... You know, I said, well, I think I'd find another place to preach. And he said, actually, you'd be hard pressed 
I was talking to Bill Winston about this this week because they love Bill in South Africa, and he, he does a lot of stuff in South Africa. And uh, uh, he, said, uh, he said, you'd be hard-pressed to find a pastor anywhere in South Africa that preaches faith wow. or that believes that their faith would have something to do with their outcome. And I said, well, what about the Bible school? What? He said, oh, no, they, they quit doing that years ago. Years ago. Had a fallen out, you know. So... I don't know how in the world Christians think they're going to make it and, and, and quit trying to do all the, this new stuff and start going back with what works. Man, I, I don't know about you, but I like stuff that works. And so uh, let me just share a little bit with you. Not a sermon, not a sermon, not three points in a point. Just let me just tell you how faith works. Now, now, Bill was talking all week and, uh, about, about speaking. Yes. Speaking, speaking. Well, faith, and he said last night, and acting. So faith is always speaking and acting. Yes. Always. It's always going to be talk like God. Yes. Think like God. Yes. <laughs> Act like God. And then you'll have the same results that God has. Yes. Amen. Amen. And so the Lord gave me those, those five Scriptures all those years ago, I think I quit with Jeremiah one twelve. But then you go to Psalms one hundred thirty eight verse two, and, and and the Bible says God has exalted His word even higher than His name, right? And then Proverbs chapter four, starting at verse twenty, says, "My son, attend to my words, attend to them." There's a difference in just having a 25-pound Bible on the coffee table that you, you pat lovingly and dust off religiously or light a candle to, uh, or you actually attend to it. Yeah. You know, if I'm going off on a mission trip for four, five, six weeks, and I ask some neighbor or some brother to come by and, and feed my dog while I'm gone and uh, take care of my yard while I'm gone, he says, sure, I'd be glad to. And then I come home after six weeks, and the dog's starved, and the grass is up to here, and and he comes over and says, but sir, I drove by your house every, every, every day, prayed in tongues. <laughs> well, thank you, but that's not attending to it. God's, God said, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them, them what? Them words and sayings. Let them not depart. From what? From your eyes. Boy, those early days, early, early days, I'd just go around like this. I said, Lord, I'm not going to let this depart from my eyes. I, I'm, I'm not going to look at the problem. I'm going to look at the answer. He said, incline your ear. And I'd do it like this. I'd go, Terry, get your ear in the word. Get, get, your, get your ear in the word. You know? Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let it depart from your eyes. Joshua said, don't let it depart from your mouth. Amen. Guard it in the midst of your heart. And he tells you why in verse 22, he says, for they, the words and sayings, they are life, L-I-F-E. They are life to those that find them, not just that have them laying around, but find them and their health and medicine to all A-W-L, all your flesh. And God gave me those five scriptures and it revolutionized my life. I came out of that room just in a day or two. And I said to Jackie, I said, I got it. I know how we're going to live. I said, I'm going back to Mission Fields here next week, and I'll never be sick again. And I'll have money. 
and we had had this thing going on about being engaged where she had told me several times, she said, uh, um, Melina, she'd say, I need to go pick out my china pattern. And I said, baby, missionaries don't have china. Missionaries go to China. <laughs> they, they, they preach in China, but you don't have China. When I came out of that room, I said, I said, baby, you order all the China you want. I don't care. Well, you just get all the China you want. I don't care. And I said, I said, you marry me. I said, we're not going to be sick. We're not going to be poor. And I said, we're going we're gonna to take the gospel to the world. And, you know, we set out on a quest to, to prove that. And I think now after 54 years, I think we've pretty well established a, a, a track record uh, that this stuff really works. But all of heaven is watching you and the world all the time, every day. On our our program, the intro of our program every week, uh, it's an excerpt from me preaching. And I make that statement. I say, all of heaven is watching all the earth all the time to see if a man, a woman, a boy, or a girl somewhere speaks the word of God or acts on the word of God. And when they do, heaven moves. And that's just how that's just how faith works. That's how faith works. You know, you know, 2,000 years ago, when the, when the writer of Hebrews was writing Hebrews, nobody knows who wrote Hebrews. A lot of people think the Apostle Paul did. That's okay with me. I'll ask him when I get to heaven. Did you write Hebrews? Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll find out when we get to heaven. But anyway, whoever it was did a good job. And they were writing and inspired of the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost looked 2,000 years down in the future and said, uh, say this, write this. And so he wrote in what we call chapter 10 and verse 25. He, he, he said, forsake not. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as some do, because a lot do. A lot have forsaken it. He said, and even more so as you see the day approaching. Well, I I present to you that I don't think the day is just approaching. I think it's here. We need church and church and more church, and we need pastors that are more afraid of God than they are of the congregation. God never intended for the sheep to dictate to the shepherd what to preach. And he never intended for the church to start looking like the world. Sometimes I see pictures of churches and I see pictures of a nightclub and they look the same. I was so glad to walk in here the other night, you know, and y'all were singing and you had the lights on. We preach in so many churches that are just dark. We took Renee's 94-year-old mother with us to church one day down in Texas, and and, and they set Renee where she's at and set me on the end seat and and set her 94-year-old mother just on the end seat across the aisle. I mean, six feet. And I couldn't see her. It was so black in there, so dark, I could not see her. I tell these pastors all the time, I say, there's nothing in the Bible about God and darkness. God's, God's always, God's always light. And Jesus said, you're the light of the world. And I've, I've asked pastors, I said, well, why do you do that? Well, the, the people say it gives them more intimacy. I said, Bal- baloney. I said, I know why they do it at the bar in the nightclub, because that woman you're with is not your wife. I got that. 
I know, I, 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 I know, I know why you turn the lights out. But at church, you ought to have the lights on. With God, there's no variableness. There's no shadow of turning. We're the light. He wants us to come to the light. And for, for us to keep trying to act like the world and, and look like the world, I don't know what we think we're going to gain. Because I guarantee you the world can outworld you. They, 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 man, they got, they got great singers. They got great equipment, great musicians, great, great, man, they got great smoke and great lights and great, they, they got all that stuff. But if you're going to come out from among them, be separate and you're going to attract the world, why would the world want to come to you when you're a, when you're a cheap imitation of what the world's doing? I mean, if I'm sitting here thinking, hey, I want to go to the world, then I'm going to look to Hollywood. I'm not going to look to the church. See, the, see, the world is never, the world and Hollywood and Washington, D.C. are never, never, never going to be won by great sermons alone. I'm for great sermons. Thank God for great sermons. Great anointing. They can't do the anointing. We got the anointing. Although sometimes you're hard pressed to find it in the church. But, but, but great sermons alone isn't going to do it because they, they have great sermons. They have speech writers to write their sermons. They memorize lines and have, they even have several parties a year and televise them just to congratulate themselves and pat themselves on the back for, for, how, for what great sermons they have. They get little statues and say, hey. So just great sermons isn't going to get it. It's going to take the supernatural because they cannot do the supernatural. In all my 54 years in the mission fields, I've always known, yeah, but I can walk in the devil's camp and I can do the supernatural. He can't do it. He's never been able to do it. I used to have pastors decades ago, good friends of mine, word of faith pastors. They said, Terry, you don't need to come in and tell miracles of the church. I said, I said, you don't like miracles? Well, you don't need to tell them. I mean, you know, anybody, one pastor said, anybody can do miracles. And I said, well, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this guy was a famous word of faith preacher and a good friend of mine. Good friend of Ed's. And, and, and I said, I said, I said, I noticed him when you get somebody healed of a headache that you take 30 minutes in the church telling about it. And yet you don't want me to tell about blind eyes open, deaf ears unstopped, devils cast out, cripples walk. Dead raised, you, uh, all that stuff. You, it's amazing how they, I, I, I said, you know, you know why the Pharisees didn't like Jesus? Because he made them feel small. Nobody likes to be made to feel small. He exposed them for the pygmies they were. And, and, and that happens in the church. You can you get up and tell some miracles with a guy that doesn't have any. Makes him feel small, so yeah. he tries to offset that. Yeah. I had a pastor at a conference one time tell me, he said, I don't know why you think you have to get up and tell a miracle, you know? And I said, and I said well, you know, too bad you can't. I was preaching for Norval Hayes decades ago. Norval loved me and liked to have me in school all the time. And 
And I was preaching there, and, and one of his administrators, I forget the guy's name now. He may be sitting here today. I don't know. But uh, uh, he, he took me out to lunch. and said, can I take you out to lunch? I said, sure. And we went to lunch. We're sitting there at the table having lunch, and he reached in his briefcase and pulled out a book. And he said, Brother Terry, I thought you might like this, uh, have a copy of this book I wrote. I said, well, of course I would. Sign it for me. And he signed it for me, and he handed it to me, and I looked at it. And, and the title, it said, You Can Raise the Dead. And I said, that's really cool. That's really great. I said, I'm glad you, I'm glad you did this. I said, how many dead have you raised? And he said, well, none. I said, mm. <laughs> I said, thank you. You know, I put, and I put the book, you know, away. And, and I was so amazed that we sat there for an hour and a half having lunch. Now get this. This guy wrote a book on, you can raise the dead. Never raised the dead. He's having lunch with a guy that he knows for a fact has raised a number of dead. So I just assumed, oh, when he showed me the book, I thought, oh, that's why he wants to have lunch. He's going to pick my brain about raising the dead. He never mentioned it once. Never, 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 never. I left that lunch and I thought, I don't even get that. Here's a guy that wrote a book on raising the dead, hadn't raised the dead, sitting with a guy that has raised the dead and didn't ask me one question. Well, see, we expose them for the pygmies they are. So they don't like it. Amen. We're the supernatural. It's the supernatural that's going to attract. You know, there's, there's 10,000 church growth programs, but the best church growth program is the supernatural. Amen. You don't need the seven steps to this and the eight steps to that and the three steps while the seven steps don't work. You just need to, you just need to have the blind seat. They came to that blind guy that Jesus healed. And they said, don't you know that guy's a bad guy that healed you? And he said, hey, I don't know if he's a Republican or a Democrat. I don't know if he's good or bad. I don't know anything about the guy. I just know I was blind and now I see. Amen. That's, that's, F.F. Bosworth said in 1950, that's the year I was born. He said, uh, miracles are the dinner bell to the world. Amen. And they are. Amen. They are. For a crusadesman, not many of us crusadesmen left, I guess, but there are some, and, and they've always been my heroes, but, but, but to a crusadesman, and a crusadesman is not, not teaching faith, not teaching the word, because you can't teach sinners. You have to preach. You can't teach. You have to preach. Nothing wrong with teaching Christians. But I can't walk into a, you know, I've had crusades with with, with Hindus, with Muslims, with atheists, with animists, with Buddhists, with Shinto, whatever they are in whatever country I'm in. And I can't walk in that crowd of thousands and thousands, sometimes a hundred thousand. And I can't walk in there and say, now open your Bibles. Because they don't have Bibles. And I can't say, now turn to First Thessalonians. I have a clue what that is. And I'm, tonight I'm going to teach you the rhema and the logos. Yeah. What? <laughs> so I, I, can't, I can't teach. I have to announce. See, the, the gospel is always announcing declarative statements. Hello, everybody. Renee and I just want to remind you that the greatest miracle of all time and the only eternal miracle is salvation. You know, Christians say sometimes, hey, if you get saved, you live forever. Well, I've got news for you. You're going to live forever anyway, somewhere, either in hell without God for eternity or in heaven 
with God for eternity. So uh, we don't want to leave without giving you an opportunity to, to give your life to Jesus, to accept him as your personal savior. The Bible says that we'll confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and called Jesus our Lord, ask forgiveness for our sins, we will be saved. It even says if you'll call on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. So uh, let's just do that right now. Pray this prayer after me. Father God, I come before you today to accept Jesus. I believe in my heart Jesus is the Son of God. I call on you today according to your word. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Wash me in your blood. Make me a new creature. Thank you, Lord, for saving me, and I'll serve you the rest of my days in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, the Bible says you're saved. You're born again. So write us, let us know, tell somebody that you prayed with Terry and Renee and that you gave your heart to Jesus. We love you. God bless you.